0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table.
1: Hey, where are you? Coming! Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Coast to Coast on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I'm Karina Mustafa alongside Calvin Wetzel. And oh my god, do we have a packed episode for you this week. If you missed our last two episodes, we were blessed to have two very special guests. Two weeks ago we had Ari Chambers come on the pod. And just last week we had Gonzaga Sr. at Brenna Maxwell. So in case you haven't uh, listened to those two episodes, make sure you go back after this one and catch them. And then this week, Cal and I are doing a solo pod again for the first time in a few weeks. Cal, there's a lot to get through. We're going to talk about W free Agency, some college ball, um, some Olympic qualifiers that are coming up too. How are you feeling and are you ready?
2: Ooh, I'm feeling overwhelmed, but in, a, in such a good way. There's so much basketball happening. We graduated from pancakes to loaded baked potatoes, how loaded <laughs> this episode is, and I'm so ready to dive into all of it
1: all right that's great the metaphors are evolving and I'm not sure how much people will love that but we're rolling with it Uh, let's start with WNBA free agency as we know the official signing period started on February 1st and after a lot of complaints that it was pretty quiet I would say it's been a very noisy week in terms of W free agency news we'll go through kind of each team rather than just like Point to each specific player because a lot of teams made a couple of moves, and we'll just kind of grade them and kind of give our thoughts on it. And of course, we have to start with the Seattle Storm because the day that they're recording on Monday, the breaking news was that was broken by Shanae on NBA Today was that neka Gumuke will be signing with the Seattle Storm. And then NECA posted her own Instagram post as well, just seconds later, went on the show. They had very beautiful conversations. But that is like just one of the big moves that Seattle has made so far, but let's just kind of get our initial reactions on that. Cal, how do you feel about NECA to Seattle?
2: I love it. And how cool is it that she got to, you break that news with her sister, by the way, really special. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. So yeah, it definitely. Uh, it, but NECA really, I think slots into this team perfectly with what else they already had. And then have been adding, of course, Skylar Diggins Smith as well who we should mention that already had Jewel Lloyd and, and Ezzy Magvigore. I, I feel like it's a big four right now. You're, you're talking about four all-star players in this starting lineup, and they just took a year off. They took you know, the Stormer, one of the more dominant franchises, for several years. They took a year off. Jewel got to go average 50 points a game, and the rest of those young players got to develop, which I think is going to be really huge for them as they – sort of transition back into being an elite team and a team where those players are going to be much more role players uh, than asked to really carry any type of of big load that that some of them had to last year. So I I love where this franchise is going. And uh, I, I agree so much with our friend Owen Pence, who tweeted this, that like it's so cool for Jewel Lloyd specifically, who has bridged this gap from the the Sue Bird, Jewel Lloyd, Brianna Stewart era to this era for her to stay and stick, stick it out through last year and then, and then come back uh, and, and be a part of this new era of Storm Basketball. It's so cool.
1: Yeah, and speaking of last year, I was able to talk to Noelle Quinn, head coach, um, a couple of times in media and just kind of ask her a little bit about Jewel Lloyd and what she's seen from her and kind of the leadership side of things. And she always just like shown when talking about Jewel, and just kind of really emphasize how big of a leader Jewel has kind of become, as you said, like in that post Sui, in that post Suberd era, and I think these moves are incredible. Like that is such an ideal spot to be in as a team to have to only be bad for one year after being one of the most dominant teams, one of the most consistent teams, and just acquire, as you said, Neca, Skyler, you have Ezzy, like, and it's just like. Now you're in a place where, and I saw Cora Hall tweet this too, where they had last year rookie Jordan Horston, now is in such an amazing environment to learn from some of these vets in the leagues where the first year obviously was kind of going through the motions a little bit, um, was learning from Jewel Lloyd, but had to carry a lot as a rookie. And now you head into your sophomore year and you're surrounded by Skylar Dickens-Smith and NECA and Jewel again. And it's just a lot of leadership, a lot of veteran presence to kind of compliment the younger players on that squad too and i am just so so excited to see what storm is brewing in seattle
2: Ooh, ooh, you (laughs) you had to you had to get a pun of your own in there after you made fun of me for one earlier i love it (laughs) um yeah yeah, it's that's a great point though about uh, horston and and, and, like dulcie fincomenziati i think is another one who's gonna really benefit from playing you know with Neca and and back to jewel like it was fun to kind of see her pop off last year, obviously led the league in scoring career high, but her efficiency was down because of course it was like when you are playing on a team like that and carrying that load. The, you, When you look at kind of how she has been used in the last few years of her career and how she's going to be used this year, I think it, it's really cool that we're going to get to see Jewel back to it. You know, maybe her gaudy, like 30 point, Scoring outbursts were, were going to be more last year, but I think she's going to thrive more this year in terms of like when, when you look at last year. uh, Well, when you look at two years ago, spot up, she, she took almost a fifth of her shots spot up and she only ISOed like 5% of the time. All right, last year, both of those were basically even. She was having to ISO so much more. Obviously wasn't getting as many spot up opportunities, but playing next to Skylar Diggins-Smith in particular, you can talk about all of them, but in particular having... An all-star point guard, again, next to her, I think is going to really free her up to fully get in her bag and, and be used to the best of her kind of offensive capabilities.
1: Oh, So exciting. I'm so excited for the Seattle Storm. I know you are, too. Um, I think, would you say they're like, and last thing before we move on to a different team, would you say they're like winning free agency right now? If you had to say yes.
2: Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. Okay, so they're the clear front runner. Uh, let's go to a couple of these other teams. One being the Phoenix Mercury, who went kind of sneaky and got some pretty good signings. Natasha Cloud leaves Washington, leaves her home, uh, signs with the Phoenix Mercury. They also received Beck Allen in a sign and trade with Connecticut that sent Mariah Jefferson there oh my god first of all of course my first thought is that beck and Michaela anyway are reunited you know from their new york days of course i that was like my introduction to covering the league i covered it in mixed rookie year that was my first year of covering a w so they kind of have a special place in my heart um so that was kind of like my first like oh my god but how big are these two pickups for phoenix
2: massive because this was the worst defense in the league last year Without question, I think whether you just watch them or whether you look at the numbers, however you want to slice it. And obviously, you know, you have a rim protector in Brittany Griner, You have Bree Turner, who's a very solid defensive four. But now you bring in Natasha Cloud, elite perimeter defender, point of attack, and, and Beck Allen, a 3 and D wing, who obviously is another, another one that can really shore up your perimeter defense. And now all of a sudden... You have one through five, uh, other than maybe Diana Taurasi, <laughs> uh, a lot of elite defenders on this team. And I think that's really something that they needed to shore up. Uh, and obviously they addressed it. So I'm interested to see kind of how it, it all fits together. There's going to be some growing pains right away and, and probably on offense in particular, but they really addressed some needs as well. Uh, and they're, I think, clearly going to take a step up from last year.
1: Yeah. And I think, like, even it's cool too, because they're both defensive players, but they're also defensive players who can get you a bucket. Uh, Beck Allen being the shooter that she is, Natasha Cloud being the scorer that she is. I think they're like, they are two of the most exciting two way players in the league. And I think those are absolutely amazing pickups for Phoenix. I'm interested to see what other moves they start to make. I think BG is still a free agent, right? Like, we haven't heard yet. Technically, I think anyway. that is
2: true. Yeah. I, I shouldn't yeah. say they. Officially, still have a rim protector, but <laughs> I don't. I don't think anyone is expecting her to go anywhere. You're, else. you're
1: speaking it into existence. It's okay. I got you. Yes. I got you. Um, but yeah, so very curious to see what continues to happen with Phoenix. But those are some very exciting moves to kind of start off in this offseason where they are going through a lot of changes right now. Um, let's go to another team, the Minnesota Lynx, which also made a couple of moves. They were able to retain Bridget Carleton for another two years. Then. They kind of did a little poaching from the Chicago Sky, who are having a pretty rough free agency if we're going to be real here. Um, and I do feel for Sky fans, but the Minnesota Lynx signed both Courtney Williams and Alana Smith. Uh, and they also traded for Natisha Heidemann, uh cal what do you think about these moves i think first of all like it's super cool that courtney and lana get to kind of be together um and i love courtney williams as well too so i'm super excited to see how this kind of fits but what is your kind of overall thoughts on the links and their direction too
2: i love courtney williams too i think i've talked about her before on this podcast or yeah so. i remember Some when podcasts. we like
1: we accidentally i mean i accidentally called her mid-range mommy and then
2: it was like <laughs>
1: that was it. It ended up being something else. I don't even remember at this point. But yeah, no, we we love her on this pod.
2: <laughs> yeah, but that was that was a great one. I think I think she liked that one. She tweeted that out. Uh, yeah, she called us crazy.
1: I think.
2: Ah uh, well, hey, whatever. I, I think she <laughs> in liked in a good it. way. I feel
1: like she in a it. good way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She sent us some I don't hits. know. It was all good.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a good <laughs> call by you. I I love this pickup by them and and Natasha Heidemann. I think both of these players come in and address again. It's all about addressing needs we're talking about with these teams and the links have kind of cobbled together for the last few years, basically a bunch of wings. And I mean, they had Sylvia Fowles, and, and she retired and they, they haven't really had any sort of like when you talk about point guard play and then center play other than Sylvia fouls uh, it's been, uh, I, I'm not sure what the word a revolving door or just, just not, I wouldn't say that that they have necessarily been elite at those positions. And now they bring in two point guards who neither one is obviously like some type of Chelsea Gray Hall of Fame elite level point guard. But they're both very solid playmakers. Uh, And when you have two of them, that obviously really helps a lot, too. You're always going to have one of them on the court for 40 minutes if you want to. Uh, I think, you know, they can make plays, especially Courtney Williams in particular, I think, out of the pick and roll, which is big. Uh, and, and like what, what you talk about in Phoenix, like they can hit shots too. Natisha Heideman is one of the best tough shot makers, I think, in the, in the league. So this is going to really help them a lot. I, I know some people are, are not really sure about the direction that the Lynx are headed. I, I like where they're going right now because I think. When you have Nafisa Collier, she's sort of entering her prime. Obviously, you want to do as much as you can with that window. Uh, And so giving her some playmakers on the perimeter, I think, is a big deal.
1: Yeah, and I think one of the biggest factors that I really like about all these moves, too, is there's going to be a change in the locker room in terms of just, like, the energy, too. Like, obviously, we know a lot of the tension that happened with, like, Ariel Powers, who we're also going to talk about that she's on a different team now, too. Um, And you bring in something, someone like Courtney Williams, who I had, like, I had the pleasure of covering her when she was on the Sky versus the Lynx last year in Canada, which is kind of ironic when you think back on it, but her and I was able to watch her in a Chicago Sky practice. Her energy is super infectious. Like she is the she is the glue that motivates everybody. She has that leadership within her and I think that is such a strong addition to this Lynx locker room and there's so many times where you can bring a lot of really good players together who may fit on paper but that chemistry i feel like behind the scenes too is just as important as the on court stuff um and that's just going to add to the overall success of this team too so i really like that i really like this addition a lot um for the minnesota Lynx. i'm excited to see what else they do i'm excited for another year of diamond miller um, really excited for the future of this team but yeah that's the Minnesota Lynx signings uh, we got a couple more teams to go through here because it was a very very busy period of free agency news like I mentioned earlier let's talk about the Dallas Wings because they did in my opinion what they had to do and that was retain Kalani Brown and Satu Sabli. Um, obviously last year it felt like they're finally heading in a direction where they are improving every single time now and Kalani Brown I think I think the Wings front office called her like the best kept secret in the WNBA when they signed her last year. And I thought that was a great way to put it. I think it's huge that she was able to uh, stay in Dallas as well as Satu, who obviously won Most Improved Player last year. But yeah, what are your thoughts on Dallas being able to retain both Kalani and Satu?
2: Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. This is a team that has been improving year after year. And, and a lot of these pieces are still pretty young. Uh, and and so for them, really the key, they didn't need to sort of go make any type of splash. They just needed to keep this core together and, and continue to improve and, and go in that same direction they've been going. And it's really cool for Kalani too. I mean, uh, basically out of the league uh, not very long ago. And to see her kind of come back and thrive with Dallas last year and then to the point where she's able to get this bag, uh, I I think and it, she's multi-year. a perfect backup. Yeah. Good for her. Right. She's, she's a perfect backup to Tierra McCowan. So I really lo- love what the wings, what the wings are doing here too.
1: Yeah. And I think like, I think it was reported that she had like multiple offers from other teams, which like, as she should. And so I think that it's also huge for Dallas to keep her, uh, some other moves that I'll go by. These ones kind of a little bit quicker. The LA Sparks, um, did some movement they received Monique Billings they retained Leja Clarendon they also received Kia Nurse in a trade from Seattle um there are a lot of guards on the sparks team so i'm interested to see like what other movements there are i have a feeling they now also have like pretty much every single pick in this year's draft they have i think the second the fourth and the eighth pick if i remember correctly and um i feel like that like with all this movement i feel like that definitely tells us that they're going to be drafting cameron brink like would you agree with that
2: maybe i don't know i mean we gotta see who comes (laughs) out yeah i think so i mean i it, it's hard to say especially but, if
1: Paige decides to go back to school
2: i yeah, feel like yeah right which which she's hinted at so we'll see if it happens uh and i the, you're right they have three of the top eight picks and they're obviously in rebuilding mode at this point so i, I love them keeping lay around to as sort of that veteran in the locker room uh for what's going to be a very young like you said rebuilding team uh mm-hmm. and we'll see where they go in the next few years but yeah clearly uh the sparks are I'm not sparks are not contenders right now. And yeah, okay. but yeah, yeah, I think yeah, know yeah. that.
1: It's okay. It's okay to to constantly work on yourself. That's the theme of this year. We're um, always then...
2: all trying to better ourselves, Cree. That's exactly that's what it's all
1: about. exactly life lessons with the LA Sparks. All right. Anyway, the Las Vegas Aces they retain Sid Colson and Kia Stokes, and they sign Megan Gustafson. Oh my God! I hope I said that right. I always struggle. Because I read it differently in my head, and then I know it's not the same way as <laughs> saying it out loud. But uh, they signed Megan, and of course, her beloved corgi, Pancake, which metaphor of coast to coast. So I already think that's a an amazing signing. Ooh, but Cal, what do you think? That
2: didn't occur to me. I like that. Yeah, I, I <laughs> do think Pancake was the signing of the free agency so far, and in, in a close. He even second, got his own it-
1: graphic. It was
2: incredible. Yeah, he did as he should have. He deserved it. He deserved it. A close second, I would say, is Sydney Colson. Huge free agent signing, massive. They, <laughs> in all seriousness, like I, obviously she brings a lot more basketball wise than probably what a lot of people a lot of people give her credit for. And you saw what she did when they had injuries in the finals last year. But also, like she's just the heart and soul of the team, you got to have her around. Yeah. And then Megan Gustafson. As much Gustafson. as Asia
1: as much as Asia likes to pretend she doesn't want her, right? She <laughs> wants
2: her. Enough. We all know. We all know how it is. But I do yeah. think Megan Gustafson was a big signing, uh, just in terms of having that backup post who can basically do kind of what Kayla George did, but at a higher level. So uh obviously the Ace's depth is always the question. Uh and they they sort of answered that question in the finals last year, but I think Megan Gustafson just even sort of adds a level for them in that department. Uh, and we'll see how Kia Stokes looks health wise. Cause obviously she hurt in the finals last year. So I don't know what her situation is, uh, but Megan Gustafson had a pretty nice year last year with Phoenix. I think all things considered so that she definitely is going to be asked to give them some quality minutes off the bench. I'm sure in the front court. And, and like I said, that that's an upgrade for them in that department
1: absolutely um and then let's go to our last main team which is the atlanta dream who received jordan canada in a sign and trade after there were a lot of questions about who might land her uh we talked a lot about guards and point guards with a lot of these teams and it feels like and even in our conversation with ari chambers just a few weeks ago she said that this was going to be the free agency of the point guards it was going to be which teams are going to get them it seems like There's like less and less supply of them with just like the way basketball is going, but it still remains so important to have a true PG on your team. And the Dream did a really great job in acquiring Jordan Canada. Had obviously an amazing season last year. It went from that training uh, contract with training camp contract with the Sparks to being CORD and now with Atlanta. Um, I think this is a really good move for a really exciting team in Atlanta. They also received Ariel Powers and Tina Charles, who has made her return to the WNBA um, after you know the weird last couple of years that it was but I think honestly like a lot of really solid moves for Atlanta to keep building on uh, just the really good season that they had last year
2: no question especially Jordan Canada like you said I think is is a key piece for them at the point guard position to to go along with Alicia Gray Ryan Howard uh, all that talent that they have Cheyenne Parker and and they have a lot of talent now I think This team has a very high-level collection of individually good basketball players. And now the question is, the challenge for Tanisha Wright is putting all these pieces together. Tina Charles hasn't played a WNBA game in quite a while. Ariel Powers hasn't necessarily looked like what we saw her be with the Mystics. Both, I'm sure, have something left in the tank. But integrating them in with what you had last year and then Jordan Canada as well, uh, I think is, is going to be kind of the, the challenge for Tanisha Wright. And I definitely would expect some growing pains probably in May and, and June for this team. Uh, and there's going to be some games where maybe they don't look like the sum of their parts or, or however you want to say that. But there's also going to be some games later on in the season, I think, once they start clicking, where they can compete with about anybody in the league with, with who they can run out there.
1: Yeah, it's like a fun basketball puzzle. um, And I'm very curious to see how it gets solved. Uh, And then a couple of the last moves just before we move on to some college talk. uh, The Samuelson sisters both have new homes with Katie Lou being in the Indiana Fever and Carly going to the Washington Mystics. I think, you know, Kaylee obviously coming back from maternity leave. I'm really excited to see how she's gonna look on an Indiana fever team that is going to be very exciting, especially with the draft coming up with the players that player that they might add to this squad. Um, and then Carly, uh, who obviously, as we know, has been kind of in and out with the Sparks for a very long time, had a really, really great showing last year with them, and very much deservedly is going to the Mystics. And as I'm talking right now about the Mystics. I cannot believe I didn't write this in the doc, but Didi Dee Dee Richards was also signed by the Washington Mystics. Let's go. I am actually so mad at myself for like not remembering to write that down. Um, her not being in the league last year was devastating. Like I said, I started covering the W with her and Mick in their rookie seasons with the Liberty, and so I was really sad when uh, she got waived last year, so I am so so happy to see her back. I'm really excited to see. I think it was a training camp contract that they signed her to. So, really excited to see. And I think the Mystics also signed Emily Engsler as well, again, now that I think about it. So, yeah, a lot of little minuscule signings to go along with like really big ones. But, point being, I'm so excited. The season is less than 100 days away. Um, and these are all exciting moves. Pacal, uh, do you have any thoughts?
2: That's 100 days. It's crazy when you frame it like that. It, it's so close. It, it's just like the, college. Shout, ends shout out to right shout it.
1: out to the Indiana Fever social media team because they posted the 100 days till the W season graphic like two days ago, and I sent it to Mark, and I was like, "A hundred days. That's crazy." But it's anyway. like next
2: week, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. you're right. I think I think. Uh, by the way, our friend Miles Ehrlich is going to disown you for not putting DD in the doc, but. Sorry, maybe he won't listen to this. We'll see. I'm uh, sorry, Miles, <laughs> Miles it's, we blame it all on Cree. It's her fault. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I think uh, yeah, Carly is another one in particular. I think Carly Samuelson just that an example. Oh, and Didi, That when we talk about like Jordan Canada going from a training camp contract and and then Kalani Brown being out of the league, like some of these players, I th- there's a very clear moral of the story here is like you can get cut in your stories could we just get started it's not done being written and uh, that's Mm -hmm. the cool thing about the WNBA. and i think we're seeing that all over the place
1: yeah absolutely um so yeah that kind of wraps up our w free agency talk i'm sure we're gonna have so much more to talk about next week as well um but uh, let's let's wrap that combo up for now and move on to some college basketball coming up right now All right, Cal, let's coast through college with two of the biggest names in college basketball right now. And that is Juju Watkins and Caitlin Clark. Um, I know there was that whole fuss about like pitting them against each other. We are not pitting them against each other. We are celebrating both because both are incredibly special. If you're watching on YouTube right now, you'll see that Calvin is saying, Nope, we are not. We are not pitting them against each other. Uh, let's talk Juju first, because she obviously set the single game record on Friday, scoring 51 points, which was 51 out of USC's 67 points, which uh, for all you math nerds out there was 76% of USC's points to defeat. And it wasn't even some like random team. They defeated Stanford, who was ranked number four last week. Um, let's on Let's talk about on the road and on the road. Yes. Let's talk about her greatness. Let's talk about that 51-point game. I literally tweeted out. I was like, I don't know if anybody knows this, especially if we're, like, women's basketball fans, but, like, in the NBA right now, there's, like, a whole discourse about if player if a player is going to reach 100 points in a game because they've been scoring, like, 70. And I just tweeted, forget the NBA discourse. Juju's going to be the one to score 100 points in a game again just because I was so hyped from that performance. Um, but, Cal, yeah, what do we think about about that 51-point game?
2: It's remarkable because, like you said, on the road at number four, it's obviously not the NCAA record. It was the USC record, and that's mm-hmm. already a big deal when you talk about who has played for USC, and like Cheryl Miller, uh, Lisa Leslie. There's some good players who've played there, and none of them did that. But <laughs> when you look at some of the, the players who have dropped 50, and, of course, a few years ago, Aoka Lee, set the record with 61 and i don't want to take anything away from any of those including aoka but none of them went and did it on the road at at the number four team in the country uh aoka did it against oklahoma good team not a good defense very fast-paced uh obviously she got to 60 but to me this was about as impressive as of a scoring performance as you're ever going to see and it's all because juju watkins has maybe the best pull-up jumper that I've ever seen. And I I don't say that lightly. And obviously there's a lot of things that we've talked about on this podcast that she can still add to her game. She can, she can uh, work on that posting up for example. Uh, She can, you know, she's not the same level passer as Caitlin Clark is. And I'm sure she'll get there. She's a good passer, but in terms of just give her the ball, go get to your spot, Rise and fire over someone who's right on you with hand in your face, who's playing great defense. And it doesn't matter because it's going in anyway. There, There's no one who can do that like her. I don't think Caitlin Clark is even doing that at the level that Juju Watkins is. And for, it's crazy to think about where she's going to be in two years, three years. once she starts adding all this other stuff to her bag too – because you can't stop it. I don't care who you are and how good a defense you're playing. You can't stop it. You just have she's going to get the shot off and it's either going to go in or it's not. And it's more often than not it's going to go in. And the other night all it was doing was going in. <laughs> so I've, yeah, I Yeah, at one point you're just like shot.
1: did the other yeah. team even score anything? Like you're just like it's been all juju.
2: Yeah, all juju all game. It was just pure theater so fun to watch and can't wait for the rest of her career
1: and by the way in case people have forgotten this girl is a freshman this is the like this is the definition of freshman fire as we like to say on this pod happening in the world of college basketball in the world of basketball in general like she is starting to transcend that and it's been super cool to watch um and like you said yeah that pull-up jumper is a beauty to to observe um but yeah juju Watkins, 51 points if you're not tapped into usc this season please do so she is really special to watch uh let's move to the other player that we want to talk about and that is caitlin clark uh who moved to second in the ncaa scoring record behind kelsey plum um, who i think said something about not being like nervous about caitlin catching up because there's like some pressure that kind of comes with that that record and I think that's an interesting part of the conversation, especially with the conversations that have been happening around how Caitlin might do once entering the WNBA. I know that's been a very hot topic on the Twitter in the Twitterverse this week, and on podcasts and other shows. And um, I think that element of pressure and maybe trying not to place so much pressure on these players is a really important one that I think we need to consider. But I know you have a fun fact. I know first of all how much you love Caitlin Clark, but I know you also have a very fun fact for us very excited listeners about this scoring record
2: i do i have to shout out uh if if not them i don't even know what it's called if not for them i think (laughs) is the the twitter crowd well brenda van langen uh drew my attention to this and i'm sure some other people have tweeted or wrote about this as well but uh kelsey plum obviously has the division one women's basketball scoring record 3527 points she doesn't have the college basketball scoring record. And I'm not talking about pistol Pete. He has the men's record. Uh, there's also Lynette Woodard who played for Kansas, uh, and scored 3,649 points before the NCAA. It was the AIAW days, but there's also someone else that we really, really need to give some love to. And I want to, uh, talk about on this podcast, Pearl Moore played for Francis Marion college. There she is. If you're on YouTube, uh, the small college in South Carolina, again, in the AIAW several decades ago, she scored 4,061 points over her career. She didn't have a three-point line, Karina. So it's even cra- wow. Who knows how many points she would have scored. So I I feel like it's pretty easy to erase history sometimes, especially when we don't have the same like level of highlights and social media type stuff from some of these older players. But Pearl Moore is someone I feel like we – I don't want her to get erased. I, her name needs to be brought up anytime we talk about these scoring conversations. And I get it; like it was a small school or whatever is is different than than playing at like a Division One Final Four contender. But she dropped four thousand without a three point line. Like I I don't know what else to say. That's legendary. So
1: yeah,
2: shout out to Pearl Moore. I don't know if Caitlin Clark's gonna get there, but when when Caitlin Clark passes Kelsey Plum, she's not. The all-time college basketball <laughs> scoring champion. I'm just gonna say that she will be the Division one women's champion.
1: I love all the fun facts, all the fun stats, as you very much well know. That is an incredible one. Um yeah, I mean, it's also just kind of speaks to how incredible the college season has been this year and the last couple of years. Uh feels like we're heading in a really exciting direction. And I know you know there's been a lot of really exciting stuff over the last like couple of like decades but it's truly truly feels like a special era that we're entering especially as we start to get more media attention just more eyes on the game um and i am just really excited i think like having players like juju having players like cc is really good for the game. Um, Saying Juju and CeCe was kind of a trip in the same sentence, but um, (laughs) they're just really, really cool players to watch, Um, obviously both in different aspects of their career right now, one being a freshman and one about to enter the WNBA. So, yeah, no, just really, really cool to see them both kind of building out their legacies um, at a very young age because, like, even though they are in different parts of their career, they are still very, very young. And there is just so much potential to be tapped into over this next like decade and a half.
2: Absolutely. And it's, it's so cool. You know, like I don't think Caitlin's coming back. If she did, we'd get to see them against each other in the big 10, but either way, just getting to see them both in college at the same time for one year is, is so cool. And, and seeing kind of uh, like the different ways that they sort of I- explode for these crazy stat lines. But that they still could just completely take over a game at will when they want to, and, and before we move on, so Caitlin Clark, her next couple games, she might break the scoring record a couple games from now or three games from now. But a couple games from now, they play Nebraska. She's got a shot to get there. I actually hope she doesn't for a lot of reasons. I hope she gets to the game after. But <laughs> I, I I have to awkwardly segue from bringing up Nebraska in that regard <laughs> to shouting out a couple people that I love. Uh, for the shirt that i'm wearing because a few weeks ago any any of our loyal listeners know that uh we i I said if anyone wants to send me gear i'll wear it i'll shout you out we'll talk about your team on the podcast and then uh, a few weeks later i got a surprise package and it was one of those like you usually like you, you know what's coming like you ordered something but i didn't order anything so i was like oh this is weird open it up this amazing shirt was in there all pots no pants from Jess Keller and Liv Butts, two of my favorite people. Uh and and Jess Keller is a assistant is an assistant coach at Nebraska. Um so so they sent me this is uh for Natalie Potts, the freshman who I believe we've talked about on this pod plays we for have, Nebraska. Yeah. Uh, it's got her name and number on the back. It's very soft by the way. It's an amazing shirt. Thank you so much to Jess and Liv. I love this shirt. Uh and I'm, I'm I'm wearing it all the time now. So uh, I just had to shout them out and, and shout out Nebraska, who is going to get their shot on national TV against Iowa. We all know that Caitlin Clark in the record is the reason why they get those national TV games. But I'm so excited for the national audience to get to see Jash Shelley, get to see Alexis Markowski, to get to see Natalie Potts, who barely misses. She's got some stats that we could get into that are crazy irrelevant for this pod but uh just live thank you so much uh go huskers and i love this shirt
1: can i just say (laughs) when we started this we said we were open to getting stuff sent to us ever since then cal has received all the presents and i have received (laughs) nothing um so please if you're listening to this i would love some gear i would love to give love to your favorite players i'm very sad i know i live in canada but i do have a boyfriend that lives in the states so if you need to send it to his address we will send it to his address and i will pick it up so this is a psa i yeah. would like some gear too
2: someone uh someone send kree some stuff hey by the way do you have like a favorite team other than tmu like a favorite team in the ncaa we, we have <laughs> Did some you gear say you other do, than
1: like. tmu my own school um yeah that, that's, I, love- I mean I love, all, actually, okay, no, 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 I do, I do, I do a favorite I'm putting team. you on the my spot, fa- I, I realize. My favorite team is Stanford because they are the okay. first college team that I followed extremely closely the year that they won the title, and that was the first time I ever really covered like a Final Four and then just kind of the championships in general. So Stanford was a team that I fell in love with, Arizona as well, too, really kind of you know the when they had Ari mcdonald um that was kind of the year that i started following college basketball and so stanford holds a special place in my heart so if any stanford people are listening (laughs) feel free to send me um and i love cameron brink i love cameron brink like cannot even emphasize how much i love her so
2: okay so cameron brink nil gear and or just stanford arizona stuff in general someone needs to to get on that send that stuff to she will wear it on the pod speaking for you, but I'm sure you will.
1: Oh, uh, I will. Absolutely. I will. And,
2: and we'll shout you out.
1: <laughs> I will shine my ring light onto it. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it will be in the spotlight. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's been our show. The last kind of segment, we're going to give you some games to watch because that's what we do here. First one being some college games happening this Thursday, February the 8th. Um, in the some ACC play we have Notre Dame versus Louisville at 6 p.m. Eastern on ESPN and then we have Virginia Tech versus NC State at 8 p.m. Eastern on ACC Network Cal some thoughts on these matchups some thoughts on the conference that is the ACC um, go
2: <laughs> yeah real quick I mean it it's a massive week in the ACC for who wins if you want to put the standings up I know Louisville has one loss at this moment actually we're recording Monday we're putting that out Uh, this out Tuesday. Uh, So this is going to be different by the time people are listening and watching to this NC state and Louisville play each other Monday night. Uh, So one of those numbers in the loss column is going to go up there, which is another really big game, obviously. Uh, And then when you talk about NC state and Virginia tech, two losses, and then Notre Dame Syracuse right behind them with three, it's really coming down to these five teams and, and really probably the top three, but Notre Dame, if they want to have any shot is going to have to win that game that you mentioned. And, and then Virginia Tech-NC State, of course, the rematch of that Elizabeth Kitley game winner that we broke down on this pod um, a month or so ago. So I, I think the implications for, for who wins the ACC championship this week are monumental. Uh, there's two or three games between these teams at the top that are going to really decide it, I think. So tune in. It's going to be exciting.
1: Can you believe that was a month ago now that we were breaking down Kitley's game winner? That feels I don't even crazy know if it was. I just say. threw out it. I think you're right because the last two episodes have been guests. And then, so it's at least two weeks ago, which is like even yeah, just, at least three well, weeks. You're right. At least three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Um, and then the last kind of games to watch, we have Olympic qualifying tournaments from February eight to eleven. Um, there are 16 uh, nations competing 10 will make it to paris 2024 there are four groups scattered all over the world group one two three and four And group one is team usa um i just wanted to talk about how packed their original roster was for their training camp that they held in brooklyn at barclays um and they had like 18 people and in- not even all of them made it to the Olympic qualifying to the Olympic qualifying tournament. So when they qualify and they will, um, I'm very scared to see what USA would look like at the Olympics. That is going to be a very scary squad that doesn't even in the qualifying tournament doesn't even include Asia Wilson because she has her book tour coming up. And the fact that they're already so stacked without her is yeah, no, it's it's a lot. Um, And Aaliyah Boston is also getting her her chance in the in the qualifying tournament as well, which is exciting. Um, in group two, we have teams like China and France. Um, obviously, if you're a Liberty fan, you'll be following Han Shu, Marin Johannes, um, and then there's like other players like Abby Williams playing for France as well. In group three, we have Brazil, where you know, if you're looking for that college connection, Camila Cardoso will be suiting up for them in the Olympic qualifying tournament. So she will miss a couple of South Carolina games, including their matchup against Yukon. Cal, how do we feel about that?
2: Yeah, I hate it. I hate it. You know, South Carolina is <laughs> going to be fine without her in general. She's an amazing player. That's not diminishing anything about her. I just South Carolina has has proven that they can withstand things like that. It, but I, you know, you'd much rather see her miss a game against whoever than the Yukon game. Like you want to see yeah. teams. And I mean, it's obviously UConn's missing players too, so it's not any type of like excuse. It's just like as a neutral fan, you want to Watch. The oh, we have some breaking news.
1: Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, oh, we have oh, some no, no, breaking no. news.
2: Hit me, hit me. Chicago
1: Sky just signed Diamond to Shields. Hold on. Okay. Let me open this email.
2: Let's go, Diamond.
1: <laughs> I was like, I can feel my watch like buzzing with notifications, and I was like, what is going on?
2: <laughs> I'm, She's I'm back. You cut me off for that.
1: Yeah. Let's Diamond, go. There we That's go. Breaking huge. news on the podcast. Shout out
2: to Diamond, by the way love mm-hmm. diamond to shields i Incredible love that timing. this guy yeah yeah perfect wow
1: uh yeah i'm just reading yeah of course per team policy in terms of the agreement agreement were not disclosed um but she says they say if it's meant to be it'll come back and well i'm back that's from diamond herself um, obviously returns after being drafted by the sky in 2018. Um, very nice return from her. Really excited to see her come back from injury as well, too, and just with everything that she's kind of gone through the last several years. So, yeah, there's your breaking news on the podcast for you, which I guess will still be on yeah. Tuesday, but it was breaking news for us while we were recording.
2: Well, yeah, that was still fun. And and, and Diamond, someone who still has so much potential and, and so much left to give this sport, I think. So I, I can't wait to she, see what she does with the sky.
1: <laughs> yeah, incredible. Anyway, we were talking about Camila Cardoso <laughs> missing the Yukon game. Then we got breaking news. Diamond DeShield signs back with the sky. And then the last thing I do want to say before we wrap up this podcast is Group 4 of the Olympic qualifiers has been called by FIBA the group of death. And I would just like to say... As the Canadian on this podcast, I am deeply offended because Canada is in this group. Um, and that's all I'm going to say on that. But I really hope it doesn't end up being the group of death and that they'll be okay. But yeah, I just would like to say out of all out of all the groups, that one had to be the group of death. And just for reference, that includes Spain, Hungary, Canada, and Japan, which to be fair, are really great teams. But damn, that felt harsh. But anyway, <laughs> that's, that's... A compliment been posted. to Canada i hope so i hope so um but But you're right yeah it's, (laughs) it's yeah we'll see how it goes but anyway the olympic qualifiers are february 8 to 11 uh they'll be scattered all over the world so make sure you just check out fiba's website to catch where and when those games will be played like i said 10 out of the 16 nations will qualify for paris 2024 um lots of exciting basketball coming up this season in college then the w season then we have an, it's an olympic year there's a lot going on um and thank you so much if you stuck around to the end of the podcast make sure you're following her hoop stats on social media at her hoop stats you can catch myself at krita mm calvin at c wetzel 31 and we will see you next tuesday
3: one two three four those are numbers but you already knew that If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.